Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. We hope you've had a great week. This is show 18. Uh, this week's guest is Neil Piper. We talk about doing pinhole photography with SLRs, uh, film and digital. We talk about a couple books that uh, Neil enjoys and just a general conversation about pinhole photography altogether. All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. This is show number 18, and Andrew's not here with us today. He's floating somewhere in a body of water uh, in an inflatable canoe, uh, probably with a gin and tonic somewhere. I don't know. Maybe he's in the middle of the English Channel. Who knows? But we have Neil Piper with us. Neil, how are you? Hey, Corey. I'm doing really well. How are you? Oh, good. It's hot, man. We had a little bit of a break from the weather. Um, here on the east coast and it was nice and cool but now it's back to hot yeah. ha- hot hazy and humid yeah we're kind of kind of similar it was reaching what 30 degrees at some point i don't know what that is in your weird like hotter than hell measurements <laughs> 30 degrees centigrade here i don't know what that is for you but that's pretty hot for us but then it kind of dropped dropped down again at the beginning of the week and it's kind of i don't know re- climbing a bit again i think but it's still pretty sunny yeah yeah Yep, that's uh, yeah. I don't know what it's like for Andrew. I mean, I think I think he's I think he's in Wales, isn't he? Did he say he was going to Wales? Yeah, he's camping. He's camping. Oh, I think I think what's happened between you and me. I think what he's actually doing is having a little secret lensless meetup with with Alex because he's from Wales, isn't he? Oh yeah, they're out there gallivanting around, photographing swans with DIY pinhole cameras. <laughs> I reckon that's exactly what they're doing. <laughs> showing him his big muff. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's exactly what he's doing. Yeah. Alex, Alex, Andrew, you rumbled. Busted guys. Busted. So are you, is this is this where we tell Andrew that he's been replaced? Yeah, this is the spot. Go ahead and let him know. All he's right. <laughs> Sorry, dude, you're out. I'm in. <laughs> no, but he's joking, Andrew. I couldn't replace you. <sighs> anyway. Well, this is nice, isn't it? Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some unconventional pinhole photography um, that I haven't done done very much with, um, mm. but using uh, body caps on, on SLRs. I've had some questions about it. Uh, and since Neil has actually had a little bit of uh, exposure with it, no pun intended, <laughs> he knows his way around a little bit. He's going. To, he came on to talk to us about it. So yeah. Neil, what's your favorite one? I know Graham doesn't like the Zenit, does he? He's a he's a, a Zenit hater. Sunny sixteen Graham. Yeah, yeah. He's an everything hater, isn't he? He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Graham. Sorry. No, no. Well, I, sh- I to be honest, I share his not. I wouldn't say hatred, but sort of maybe dislike of the Zenit. It's sure. one of those. Uh, it's built like a. What? I say it's built like a house brick. It's about the same size as your regular. 35 millimeter SLR, but it weighs as much as a house. Right. I'm, hold, I'm holding it right now and it's got no lens on it, no nothing on it, no film in it. And yeah, it weighs a ton. Still has a presence. <laughs> you could still use it as a weapon, yeah. So, what um, does it use when you aren't using a pinhole configuration? It uses just basic manual, 
mountain lenses, M mountain lenses, yeah. or what is uh, it? They're what um, M? Are they called M forty two? Right, forty two mount the the sort of what I know is the Pentax screw in gotcha. screw jobbies. So yeah, I mean, when I got this, I think I was given this one. It had the sort of standard fifty millimeter one point eight or whatever it is on there. That got how did I? Get? I started. I tell you how I started. I turned this. You know, uh, talking to Graham, they had the they have their Sunny sixteen um, cheap shot challenge, don't they? Yep. And in my infinite wisdom, I thought it'd be a grand idea to convert this into a pinhole camera and use it as my Sunny sixteen camera. Sure. Which proves uh, fun when the challenge was macro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I did it, and that's fine. And I haven't got around to doing the last sort of couple of challenges, but. It made a it made a it made a simple easy pinhole camera that was controllable because the very fact that it's the lens just screws off and you can buy a I didn't have a body cap but they're sort of to a penny on on eBay I think I picked up a couple for a couple of couple of quid sort of right a couple of your couple of your US dollars or whatever and they're just a bit of simple piece of black plastic that screws in I mean you know everyone knows what thirty five millimeter body cap is but it just screws in. And then it's the process of converting, and I use the term loosely because it's hardly a conversion, is you literally just drill a, well, I drilled a, what, probably eight millimeter hole in the center of the body cap, and then gaffer taped, neatly, admittedly, but gaffer taped in one of James Gurren's laser, laser pinholes. Mm-hmm. So I did the, the maths as best I could, and I, I, offhand, I can't remember, but I think it... I think the, the, the maths in this particular camera worked out to be that the distance between where the pinhole would be and the film plane was as near as, damn it, 50 millimetres. So and using, I think it was the Mr. Pinhole um, table on, on the website, on the Mr. Pinhole website, I think that said, oh, you want to be as close as you can to 0.3 millimetre pinhole for your optimum sharpness. So that was what I got. Attached that to the body cap. The body cap then simply screws into the mount and yeah that's it it's as simple that's as it. that a tape so a bit of tape over the uh the what was the viewfinder because the viewfinder is obviously now redundant yeah but i didn't want to run any sort of risk of any stray light entering through it so just a bit of tape over that bouncing around bouncing around jobs are good enough, yeah so then that works out pretty good <clears throat> if you wanted to do that because when you're outside um and if you're getting um, readings, exposure re- readings that are in a, a quarter of a second or an eighth of a second or whatever, you can you can dial that in, right? Or if you, you can just put it on bulb if you need to and just do longer than a second. You can. I tend to use it because uh, I haven't, to be fair, used it in a situation where the shutter speeds have been that quick. You know? right. I haven't used it in this sort of in the sort of glorious sunshine that we're having. Sure. And with this particular model. Um, you've got a 30th of a second, a 60th, 125th, 250, 500, and bulb. So I tend to use it with on bulb mode with just a shutter release. And I'll, gotcha. meter, I'll meter with the pinhole assist app. Sure. And sort of not, uh, I don't, I haven't been doing this all right. If it's been like five seconds, you use the, the one hippopotamus, two hippopotamus sure. theory, you know? So yeah, yeah. I, I, I use it exclusively on bulb. But there's no reason, yeah, if, you're, if your app said, Oh, that's going to be a sixtieth of a second or half a second. Say, you could you could use the settings on it, but that scenario has never occurred, uh, never happened 
just yet. Gotcha. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I know. Uh, I haven't done any uh, 35 millimeter <clears throat> pinhole work at all. Um, I don't know why. I just I just haven't got you're, around to doing it. So you're a, you're a medium format guy. Yeah, I am kind of. I, I don't. I'm not a. Not a. I used to be 35 millimeter a lot when I was younger, but. Mm-hmm. I've gotten into the bigger, everything bigger now, so I kind of <laughs> just don't even really mess with it, you know. I, yeah. I actually have a bag of 35 millimeter films just sitting in my freezer. Um, well, I, the, here's the problem that I have. I have a uh, like a full, full-size freestanding fridge in my shed, full of film, and a good, a good majority of that is 35 millimeter, so it needs to be used. And there's right. only, there's only so many sprocket pinhole pictures that yeah. you can that you can take you know? sure. so you've, yeah, got to yeah. use a, you've got to use a 35 millimeter at some point you know so yeah yeah i know um uh, toby um uh, vandeveld was put a post up on instagram yesterday i guess it was right. he had taken some digital pinhole shots heavy now and he transformed yeah. them into uh, printed them on acetate maybe oh okay so negatives made a... and then made a printed a positive with it somehow i guess on like on regular yeah. photo paper you know and he was toning them with tea and all this kind of stuff you know oh, okay. and beer wasting wasting good beer apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, but he, Toby. so he's doing it digitally you know i don't i don't i uh hmm. well that's that's yeah there's obviously no reason that you can't do it digitally sure it, in my opinion it gives a it does give a different look yeah but that's not to say that that's a bad thing no not at all it, it's not. I have the only time I've I've experimented digitally was I went through a phase probably last year of making or trying to make pinhole video. Mm-hmm. So I was using uh, my I think it was like my Canon DSLR, and that was again a, that was again a, a drilled out body cap. But I didn't use one of the laser pinholes. That was just a you know like the make a little an inaccurate one with a piece of tin. Um, and yeah, that that worked. It worked for what I wanted to wanted to do, but I never really revisited it. Just, right. The problem that I have, it, me personally, pin pinhole aside or any like photography wise, is I don't get any pleasure from using a digital camera. You know, right? I'm I'm all about the mechanics of the camera that I'm using, and as I've sort of progressed through my photography, I've sort of gone from using. I started digitally and I've sort of regressed back to sort of the more mechanical film cameras back and back and back, I suppose, until you reach pinhole, which is, I guess, the ultimate in the mechanical. It's just the box with the, with the light leaking into it, you know, with the whole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Cause I, I, um, I don't do much digital stuff, uh, except for when I go, um, I like going out in the ocean. I surf mm-hmm. a lot. All right. uh, so I go out and take pictures of waves and stuff. So okay. I have a, a setup for that digitally, but you know, I don't, I don't uh, do much digital anymore. Um, no, I mean, I'm I kind of, once I, once I got into the, the pinhole uh, and the pinhole bug, I caught onto that. I kind of just like, Oh, you know, this other stuff just is, it's pointless to me because whereas I had to make myself get up and go outside and shoot pictures doing the digital stuff, um, Mm-hmm. I don't. It's not like that for me at all. Now you know. Um, I enjoy okay. going out and do it, and 
taking yeah. time and waiting for light and i seem to sit a little bit longer you know with digital i yeah. would always just be like oh well i'll just shoot now if it doesn't work out i'll shoot again later you know oh, whatever. yeah well so, yeah the old, the old classic i'll fix that in photoshop yeah yeah so um yeah i, no, I, I mean I, sorry i mean i'll use it i'll use i use the digital if i have uh like paid photography gigs obviously sure the place for everything but and then obviously there's my my iphone pictures of the kids and what have you but yeah for actual photographic work that i want to do for myself for my own practice it's it's not about film it's about the it's about the cameras and yeah I, i've always said that if if someone made uh, a digital camera that i got the same pleasure of using that i do out of my pinhole cameras or my i don't know my om1 or my something like anything like that i'd give it a try yeah why not be, be silly not to but until yeah. someone does that i'm going to stick with my with my mechanical film cameras, with yeah. my pinhole cameras, you know. I actually got a. Uh, we actually got an email uh, from a from someone. I can't remember his name. Whenever we go to break, I'll look it up. But he made a uh, a video, like a music video. I think it was right. uh, using using a pinhole cap for his camera. I believe is what he did. Yeah. Uh, so I'll I'll go and uh, get that, and I'll I'll put the link to that in the show notes. But I'll look okay. up, look up his name and get it. Um, he asked me to take a look at it, and I haven't watched it yet. But uh, I'll put it up and let everybody take a look at it and see what and see what they think about it. You know, because uh, no, could that be that interesting. Sounds really, but, sounds really interesting. Yeah. yeah. So maybe why do you think that um, a lot of people haven't been doing pinhole and thirty-five millimeter cameras? I mean, it seems convenient. Absolutely. Um, how do you? I know that you get a different look with it as opposed to, you know, medium format traditional pinhole paper in, in an oatmeal container look you know do you think maybe if maybe people see it as a bit a bit boring a bit of a boring yeah. way to way to do it i don't know i mean like you say it's it's got the convenience i mean this not that i'd want to but this camera if i wanted to i can just unscrew the the pinhole aspect of it and stick a, a lens back on it and it still functions as a regular slr and That's you could have the... you could have both on the same roll of film Absolutely, and I've done that, yeah. You know, so I know that uh, one of the things that I kind of shied away from, I guess, is because the examples I did see of it, they don't have that traditional kind of bendy pinhole, no pin, pinhole film plane kind of bend, you know, like uh, the anamorphic kind of. Yeah, don't really you don't have that pinhole look, but you, you don't tend to see that. I mean, what I mean, what causes that? That's that's got to be that, the the maths of you, you, I'm not going to pretend that I understand it completely, but it's got something to do with the maths between your, your focal length, your pinhole size and the size of the substrate. Sure. Uh, your film or your paper that you're projecting the image onto from what I understand. Yeah. And obviously when you're using 35 millimeter, that substrate is a lot smaller. Yeah. Then say your, your six by six or even, I wonder if you'd see it with six by four and a half. I don't know, but I know the ones that I've seen of like thirty-five millimeter. They look like they look like it's more of a standard focal length uh, yeah. from the pinhole to the paper. So I was thinking about if you took a body cap and you know maybe cut out um, the middle of it a good a good solid inch or two around it, you know, and just left the threads and the the support for the threads, mm -hmm. uh, and then you could somehow move the pinhole in closer to the film plane. Maybe it would give it a little bit, you know, wider. Oh, you're thinking moving it that way, I see. So you're you know a I mean? much shorter, 
yeah. much shorter focal length. Okay, because I've seen it done the other way. I know someone that's used the body cap, drilled out the body cap, and then attached to that uh, like a black 35mm film canister and then put the pinhole in the end of that. So they've effectively increased their focal length by, what, an inch, however, however taller a yeah. canister is. Inch and a quarter and that, or something. Yeah, and that... That doesn't that doesn't produce that just produces like a, a telephoto effect. So yeah, to me it just kind of looks like a fuzzy out of focus picture. You know what I mean? Like the mm. longer the, which would work good if you're doing like portraits or something. You know what I mean? But yeah, I guess I it, don't know. I, I, again, it comes see of your your maths between your pinhole and your focal length, doesn't it? Yeah. Because although this one, to be fair, I've shot a lot of this one handheld, but when I do try put it up. Um, it is. It's not. It's not sharp like, like the the realities or the the zeros, but then sure. it's not going to be because from, I've I've never seen a thirty five millimeter one. That's I don't know. Then maybe because zero to zero or reality make a thirty five millimeter. James one? said he is, he has one, kind of in the works. Didn't he say he had a prototype for one? Didn't he? Yeah, and what he was saying he was going to do is he was going to try and set it up so that you could have a pinhole on either side of the body that's right yeah so you could effectively shoot red scale through it on one frame and then use the pinhole on the front and shoot regular yeah that's right. onto the film you know i still can't really get my head around how that would work but that sounds like a really interesting idea if he says he's got <laughs> it man yeah that's, yeah. <laughs> that's why but, that's why we let him that's why he tinkers away in his in his shop by himself i'm sure you know he's well, that's why he does. He does it for mass market. Well, he does it for mass market and manages to sell them, and I just make them for myself. Yeah, right. Yeah. But exactly. then, thinking about it, I suppose because on do on do make a thirty-five millimeter one, don't they? Mm-hmm, a little pocket one. And actually, yeah, um, uh, Mark, the three-eyed monster, mm-hmm. he has one of those. Um, Andre's got one as well, isn't he? He bought yeah. one when he met you. Yeah. I mean, what kind of pin? How, do do they have like a similar like laser drilled or? Yeah, I think it's. it's it's the same. It's laser. I think Andu does laser, laser drilled. Because mm-hmm. they're um, pretty. From what I've seen of them, they're they're still pretty sharp, aren't they? Yeah, but definitely. They, but, uh, but they they lack that sort of what you're talking about the sort of distorted edges, don't they? Mm-hmm. I think that be, might that must just be inherent with 35 millimeter. I think you're right. I think it must be in order to cover the film. Maybe, maybe that's what people what people want or don't want in this scenario if they. Maybe they feel if they're because I felt this when I first shot pinhole, like you 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 think of well, I don't know if you do, but a lot of people think of a pinhole image and they picture these sort of elongated, distorted images, and maybe that's why they want to shoot them. And then yeah, they realise that from thirty five millimeter they're not going to get that, so that's not what they want. Right. Maybe. I know. Th- mm. Well, yeah, Sorry, I can. Yeah. Ma- I can. No, no. I, you're you're right. Maybe that's just totally. Well, in their mind's eye, that's what it's supposed to do. But I know, like with thirty-five millimeter, the film plane has that three to two view ratio. aspect ratio. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I could imagine trying to get enough light to cover that would be hard uh, with a smaller pinhole. I think. Um, but what if it was one to one? Then you could bring it in. Then you could bring it in much closer. Because you have a smaller area to cover, yeah. You know, yeah. I don't. This um, this paper, paper pinhole camera I bought off of uh, eBay. Yeah. Um, it's a Kirkland. 
it's one to one. I I just looked at it a few minutes ago and just realized it's one to one. So I'm actually going to uh one to one as in it produces a square image. Yeah, yeah, square images, sorry, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, on thirty five millimeters. So I mean that so would be a lot of pictures. <laughs> that would, wouldn't it? Yeah. I struggle to get through a normal roll. I know I hate thirty six exposure rolls. That's why I don't shoot thirty five millimeters. <laughs> like it takes too long. Have you ever shot a half frame camera? I haven't. I've I've been following everybody <laughs> who does, and I know that with a thirty six exposure roll, you get seventy two pictures. You do, yeah. Oh my God! Well, you you'd only need to bring a roll in the camera and a roll with you in your pocket <laughs> if you went on holiday, as you call it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Holy the only pra- the practical use I have found for that, just to deviate from pinhole a little bit, is I when I was doing my my degree in photography, I was I was experimenting with film and things like that, and I used a uh, what are they, an Olympus pen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was the EF. It's like the most basic model that they do. It's just a point and shoot one. Does the, use... Is that the, the, is the Olympus trip a half frame? No, that's a full frame. No, the trip's a full frame, 35 gotcha. millimeter. Gotcha. But the, the pen, um, so if you imagine the pen, it's kind of like six by four and a half in medium format in that as the roll moves horizontally through the camera, let me get this right, as the roll moves horizontally through the camera, you shoot a portrait orientated image. Mm-hmm. So if you want to shoot a landscape, a traditional landscape, you have to turn the camera through 45 degrees. Yeah. Right. So you look like you're shooting a portrait, mm-hmm. but you're actually shooting landscape. Sure. But anyway, my, my point was I used one before to make a piece of moving image. So I used it on its, on a, on its side, tripoded it up on its side and made basically a time-lapse with it. So oh, that's I, cool. I, I found a, there's a particular scene that I liked near my house and it was a nice cloudy day. So I sort of turned it on its side, take a shot, wind it on. And I had a time ago, I think I made a shot like every 10 seconds. So it was like shoot, wind, wait 10 seconds, shoot, rewind, uh, shoot, rewind, what? Yeah. Shoot, wind, carry on. Yeah. Right. right. And, and, and then sort of stitched all that together in Photoshop to make a, a GIF, I suppose it was. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway, that, I don't really yeah. know how we got into that. It's all right. Uh, oh yeah, your, pa- your paper, your paper, <laughs> my paper camera. Yeah. Hey, this is this is kind of a little bit more of a relaxed show, you know. We're just mm. whatever happens, happens. I know that. Uh, <laughs> what was I going to say? So what what make um, is this? Is this paper one? It just says uh, Kirkerland Pinhole Optic Silography Kit. Okay, so it's a silography one. No, it's not. I don't know why they put that on there. I guess maybe you could use it for either. I don't know. But it's oh, from... I see. So I've, sorry, I've just Googled um, like a DIY one. So it's a paper or maybe card one that you sort of fold up. Yep. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yep. Kirkland spelled K-I-K-K-E-R-L-A-N-D. Yep, that's it. Yeah. Kickerland. Kickerland. Kickerland, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Okay. I see. So I don't know. So it looks like one of those, what they call like the P. Sharan. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of those. Okay, so have you have you used it yet? I haven't. I've, I I broke it open and looked at it, and it's all in a bag. So I think uh, I think I'm going to do it. I have some <clears throat> some Across and 35 millimeter in my freezer, so I'm thinking maybe Ooh. giving it a try. I'm a little bit more excited about it now that I realize that it's square. The format yeah. is square, so because you don't you don't get many. 35 millimeters of shoot square. No. I think the one of the Dianas maybe springs to mind. Mm-hmm. I think that shoots square. Yeah. That's about all I know about. Uh, I know um, 
Well, Todd. No, he does. Yeah, he he makes six square six by six. He also makes that. He also makes um one of his cameras. I can't remember which which one it was, but it's a uh, a six four five format. Still medium format. And still medium format. Yeah. So it's it's the same mm-hmm. way too. If you're holding it horizontally, you're shooting a portrait landscape. You have to turn mm. it. That's right. Vertical yeah. for a landscape. So they don't, they don't. Yeah, they don't always have to be like that because I've got my Veronica um, ETRS. That shoots six by four point five, but the back on that is such that it rolls the film from top to bottom or bottom to top, so it rolls it vertically, so you yeah. still get a, a landscape orientated image. Sure, and I, I might be wrong about Todd's camera, but it seems like it is because if no, you, I think you, I think you, I think maybe he mentioned that when he was on. If you're pulling it left to right uh, vertical, it'd be like a Holga in a six four five format, you know. Yes. Uh, when you're holding it regular, you're actually shooting. A portrait, and when you turn it to portrait mode, you're actually shooting a landscape. So I think that's how it works. Yeah, like yeah, like the pens. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But but Todd makes uh yeah he makes a bunch of great cameras too. I actually got a camera coming from him. Um, hey. Yeah, it's called the Box Turtle. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it's yeah. He, uh, he has a thing about turtles and terrible. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> I, I dig it though, man. I, I like turtles, so it, it's cool with me. But it's a four by five, more of a kind of going to be a single use shot you know one shot camera yeah that's i'm really interested to get into that because i don't um i don't really like dealing with film holders i've gotten them and i've been dealing with them lately but yeah it seems like um i have the same problem as i do with a roll film camera if i go out with two film holders which is essentially four shots i have this need to shoot them you know yeah Uh, so did did you because um the guys on the homemade camera podcast mentioned that um, on their last show. Did you hear that? Mm-mm. They'd obviously heard you. I can't remember which was it last podcast or maybe that you, you mentioned the idea of making a, a one shot four by five or five by seven or whatever it was camera. And they obviously heard that Nick and Graham heard it and were like, this is a, that's a great idea. And said for like the exact reason that you've just said, like, Oh, when you yeah. go out with four or five film holders, you're, you, you're obsessing with shooting that those four that's or right. five or yep. eight or ten pictures and they were saying how that's a refreshing idea that you go out and you make this one shot and you, you go make back one shot and you make it count that's right mm. that, exactly and and what's really kicked this off for me with four by five mm. is i got that uh the sp the spearman sp 445 developing tank yes which does yeah. you can develop four shots at once with that okay. so so you can use 500 milliliters of developer at one-to-one for one shot or you can use the same amount if you do four shots right yeah so instead of going out and shooting making yourself shoot four so that you get the most out of your developer for that shot for that developing session you know um you could just shoot one and offload that piece of film into a a a bag you know an empty film bag uh, and wait till you have four and then develop it you know Okay, so what was that's a the Spearman tank, isn't it? Spearman, yeah, the SP dash four four five, which is okay. Are they like just a, are they just four or five, or are they do they go bigger than that? Or that's it. I think yeah. that they had a, a Kickstarter going. They tried to get a ten by eight, eight by ten one going. Yeah, um, which fell through. But I, if they had gotten that one going, oh man, I would, I would go ahead and just step yeah, up to eight by ten. You know. They look like they're the ones that look like um, 
So whereas like a Patterson tank is like tall and cylindrical, these are mm-hmm. kind of tall but almost like oblong shape. Yeah. Is that right? With like the two funnels at the top. Yeah. Well, what it is is that um, you, there's some baffles inside, um, and they have this the film holder sliding to it, and then you just this top that just has a rubber, a heavy duty rubber O ring around it, and you just push it on top, and it holds it in place. And uh, yeah. one side is higher than the other for the the spouts that you pour it pour it in and out of. Um, one's for a vent and one's for you actually pour oh, yeah. the inlet and your outlet. I've just yeah, yeah. Uh, I've just found the sort of cross section image yeah. of it on on their website that explains exactly how it works. It reminds me of those tropical fish, you know, like the arrow fish or whatever. That when they're they're swimming beside you, they're like really big, and then they turn and yeah. look at you, and they're only like <laughs> an inch wide. You know, but, so it, it reminds me of um, of a car radiator with your your. Yeah, it just it looks like a yeah like a cross section of a car radiator. So you put your your coolant in one end and it flows through all the. Oh yeah, lights. yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah, that's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know the good thing about that thing is that whenever you rinse your film, yeah, I I put a video on inst on the on the show's Instagram page, but you use like an insane amount of water to Dude. rinse your negatives for it because mm. the inlet is just a little bit higher than the outlet. Right. And I mean, it's it's like a drip, just a heavy drip almost, you know, like just barely a constant stream, and it washes them ten minutes. Really, it's crazy, but cool. Yeah. So, but I, I like that idea of the one shot, um, and I've been I've been struggling with trying to figure it out here for a while now. I got a five by seven, and I made a sixteen by twenty, and all the stuff, and I. Thought that the uh, the direct positive paper was going to work for me, and I'm not I'm not too crazy about that. So no, you I'm, haven't really liked that, have you? No, I'm not I've, really much about it. So. I've never tried it. I've been using I've got a massive stock stash of just regular sort of Ilford paper, and right. I've just been sort of going through that as and when. I haven't really done any paper negs recently. Well, I mean, paper <clears throat> negatives probably wouldn't be as bad. Don't think that I don't like about the direct positive stuff is once you develop it. Mm-hmm. Um, you get what you get. Like you can't burn and dodge like you're doing a contact print. Sure. Yeah. You know you have to make the decisions about all your contrast and everything before you make your exposure. Um, yes. And then yeah, once yeah. you make your exposure and you develop it, you're you're stuck. You know what yeah. I mean? That's it. You know. I say yeah. So I should really should really do more paper nakes. It's quite fun. I think one of the first the first pinhole cameras that I made that saw anything that sort of size. Was um, was one that I made out of a book, um, ironically on Photoshop. I think CS3. Really? Yeah. So uh, it was a sort of perfect size for a bit of five by seven paper. So you sort of you open the book up and with a a craft knife or an exacto knife, whatever you guys call them, yeah, accurately and painstakingly cut like a recess in the book and uh, sort of glue all the book together and paint all the inside black and then basically just in a dark bag or a red room put a bit of paper in there, shut the whole book up, bit of gaffer tape to hold it light tight, pinhole in one end, make an image of it. I think I saw that. Did you, post, you put that up on your page, haven't you? Yeah, that's been on yeah. there, yeah. yeah. That you had that one in the Panda, a Panda 10. What was it, a Panda yeah. 10? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, you, that's Vinny. Yeah, I, guess, I, don't, I guess you guys don't know. Do you know Vinny? I don't know Vinny. <laughs> so so in, the, in the UK or Europe, or at least in the UK at least, there's a, a brand of biscuits uh, called Foxes. I don't mm-hmm. know where the Foxes and the Pandas come in, but they're called Foxes, but they're little 
uh, I guess, mascot or logo or whoever at the moment is a, a panda bear called, called Vinny. And that's who, that's the panda bear that appears on the front of that tin. So hence that, gotcha. that camera was called Vinny. But Vinny. Uh, yeah, again, that's, that's really simple. It was just a, a, a drill through the front uh, and then a pinhole plate put in there with gaffer tape and then just a bit of paper stuck on the inside. Seal it up. Explosion. Shoot, shoot, shoot it away. away. Uh, yeah, I shot, I shot a couple of portraits with that. Yeah, I saw those. Those were in your garden or against a fence or something. That's right. Yeah, it's in my back yeah. garden. Yeah, yeah. So that brings us to um, there's a book you were talking about. Uh, yeah, fiddle photography. Who was that? What was that? Mm. One? So there was a couple of them that I wanted to mention briefly. Um, we'll save we'll save the big heavy hitter one for later. All um, right. The first one. Um, now, I can't. I think I came across this on Instagram somewhere. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, it's possibly the the MoMA, you know, the Museum of Modern Art. Mm-hmm. I, think I'd, I think I'd seen them post about this. So this book, and I use the term book loosely, is called "This Book Is a Camera," and it's by Kelly Anderson, and it's essentially a pop up. Well, it is a, a pop up pinhole camera. So huh. it's got. When I say I use the term book loosely, it's got a front cover and a spine and a back cover. But you open it up like you would a book. And inside is like, you know, like the little like a child's pop-up book. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You have, it's exactly that. So it opens up and there's got a couple of tabs that fold in. And it's, it's a camera. Wow. So it's, it's all sealed up. It's got a bellows in it. It's got a... Really? A, a viewfinder of sorts. And... Uh, like a pre-made pinhole in the front of it, and the your, your sort of viewfinder acts same with your um, your Sharan, What did you call it? Your Kirk Kirkland pinhole. Yeah, that has a uh, there. Yeah, sorry, I'm still there. Yeah, that has your Kirkland or Kirkland has. Or is it just me? Is he gone? So sorry about that little break there. It actually wasn't Anchor's fault. Um, there's a thunderstorm <laughs> blowing over me right now, and my power went out, uh, and the Wi-Fi went down. So we took a break, but we're back, and we were talking about uh, this book as a camera. Yes, we were. Where did we get to? Um, something about like a child's book. Oh yeah. Can you, can you hear the thunder? <laughs> yeah, I can just I can just about hear okay. it. Yeah. <laughs> It's not too bad then, I guess. No. Oh, yeah, I can just kind of hear it in the background. That's all right. I can hear you perfectly fine. Let's just all hope right. that doesn't drop out again. So, yeah, this book is a camera. So I think I said, yeah, it pops up like a like a child's pop-up book. 
which is, is exactly what it is. It's got like a bellows in it, and uh, oh, that was what I was saying. The the shutter is controlled like your um, uh, what do we call it? Your kicker land pinhole in that you 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 have a piece of card that you lift up mm-hmm. to to open it and push down to close it, and it's as simple as that. On the on so one end of it, it's got your pinhole aperture, and on the other end, you've got like um, cool. That's a loud one. You got a uh, <laughs> you got a, a little envelope, I'd best you describe it, and you put in there uh, little bits of photographic paper. So it comes with a a set a sealed little bag of five sheets of Ilford multi-grade paper that cool. you, under red light or in the dark, pop in there. Obviously, emulsion side the right way around, and you can there make paper paper negatives with it. That's cool. Now I've I got this as a gift. I haven't got around to using it yet. I'm not going to lie, but it's it's uh, as a a concept. It's it's a fan, an absolutely fantastic idea. You open it up. You have got your camera. You got notes on how how it works and how to use it, how to load it. It's got a rough exposure guide on it. So you have got like it says on here like estimations in full sun. You're talking ten seconds. Shadow in twenty. Overcast in eighty. It even cool. gives you like lines, uh, what do you call like, um, like angle of view viewing lines. Sure. On it, so yeah, hmm. great, absolutely great. Who is the the author of that? Or uh, Kelly Anderson, so K E double L I Anderson, and I think she makes like a a full range of this book is a. Book, oh, that's you know? cool. So, oh wow. So I'm, I'm sure there's one called This Book is a Planetarium, and I'm, I'm not entirely <laughs> sure how that works. Right. And I'm sure I saw something about This Book is a is a record player. Ah, that's pretty cool so, too. Yeah, so, yeah, well worth looking at and quite reasonably priced. I think that was about 15, 15 UK, UK pounds, I think, for that. Do they, I wonder if she has one called This Book is a Pint. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. I don't know. Toby, See if you're it. wasting good beer, we're going to be so mad at you. <laughs> oh, Toby. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. That seems like something that would be fun to do with my kids. Yeah, like, I don't know whether it's aimed at, it doesn't say it's specifically aimed at, at kids, but there's absolutely no reason Yeah. Reason why. I've just noticed on the back as well, it even gives you, um, on like the very outside back cover, process using household supplies. So it says, it gives you basically ingredients for mixing up... Uh, it's caffeinol. Huh. Yeah. So in a plastic tub or tray, mix up your baking soda, instant coffee. So it gives you a caffeinol recipe and tells you to use, well, this is like a Kodak fixer, and then how to invert it. So hmm. if you want to put it in an enlarger, so it tells you how to make a contact print, basically, or how to do it in, in Photoshop. Yeah. So yeah. That's cool. Absolutely idea. Yeah, my... Uh... Have have you done much with caffeinol, Neil? I did a little bit with it. Um, I've never. With paper. No, I've never tried it. I've yeah. I wanted to try it just it because it, it seems like an interesting idea, and I've seen some really cool yeah results of it. I, just I know, never um, never got around to trying it. If you do try it, don't use the vitamin C pills. Get the the actual vitamin C powder, right? Uh, because the pills, you're not getting a full. 100% vitamin C. Does that make sense? Like they have all the fillers and the binders and everything, you know, to hold yeah. it all together, you know, so I see. Yeah, you're yeah. not getting the full strength of the vitamin C, but if you get the vitamin C powder, 
it works much better. It did okay. for me anyways, once I started using the vitamins, the vitamin C, vitamin, okay. the vitamin C. So that's interesting because this says on the back of it, one teaspoon of crushed vitamin C. So I'm guessing mm. that means like the powder. It does also say on it that that step is optional, uh, mm. but, it re- but it reduces the fogging. Yeah. Right. I'll tell you, what, I tell you what, what I've, not the reason why I've never tried it. One of the reasons I'm reluctant to try it is I'm pretty sure there's one of the ingredients that you guys in the States call something, but we call something else that. I don't know if it's a baking soda. Is it baking soda maybe that's in it? No, it's a washing what, powder. Washing, washing powder. Okay. So, yeah, I, I think there's a bit of confusion goes on across the pond as to what the product is that you actually need because we call it something that you don't call it but you call something else that product well all all it is is um you take if you take arm and hammer baking powder right put it in the oven at a low temperature for like 15 minutes and it dries it out yeah then it becomes washing soda i think okay something like that but we we sell a product here that's called um it, it actually says it's washing washing powder flakes okay is that yeah. what you'd put like in your washing machine to wash your clothes with then yeah exactly exactly that, that stuff mm-hmm. okay yep okay yeah, yeah but you could take um baking powder or uh you know i know you guys are familiar with arm and hammer in the little yeah. box you know yeah familiar um, with it but I've, I've i don't i guess we sell it it's not something i've ever or ever looked out for but i'm familiar with it so we must have it yeah yeah i remember reading somewhere i I might be wrong completely wrong but it seems like somebody was saying you could take it and just put it on a tray with on top of like some wax paper or something you know right put it in the oven at 325 yeah whatever that does sound familiar and it will change into and it'll change into like flakes like if you you just have to get the moisture out of it or something i don't know Okay. Please research that before you start shoving stuff in there. <laughs> in your before oven. you start putting things in your oven. <laughs> yeah, please, read, please read up about it. Make sure that that's correct, but it's something <laughs> along those lines. Hey kids, don't don't start putting stuff in your parents' oven. Mm-mm. Not without some please. well-informed research. Yeah. And we we don't count as well-informed research. We do not. <laughs> anyway. So, what was uh, what was there was another book? Do you want to? Yeah, the other book. So, the term uh, Bible, pinhole Bible, is thrown around quite a lot. But this one, I think, it is justified. So, this book is simply called Pinhole Photography. And it's by Eric and, I believe, Nancy Renner. Now, I guess a lot of people, if they've sort of studied the theory, maybe if, you, if, you've, if you've covered pinhole on some sort of photography course, maybe like a university course or something, you've probably come into contact with one of the, edition, one of, the editions of this book. Right. Because if you haven't, then you really should have done. It's, like I say, it's a Bible. You can open it up. This is gen- genuinely, the I think, the only, what I would call, textbook that I have read cover to cover and found every bit of it informative and interesting. So you can open it up. I guarantee you on any page and you'll find something interesting. So I'll just open it up now, just looking at the list of the contents. So it, it starts by talking about um, what Pinhole is and how it sort of came about, like the earliest sort of references to it in history. Then it moves into how it's sort of used in art, so like how like Leonardo da Vinci sort of used it. Mm-hmm. 
um, the first sort of pinhole photographs in art. That was camera on. obscura, wasn't it? The camera obscura, yeah, how they yeah. used it to sort of make like accurate paintings and things. Then it talks about how it sort of demised in the early 20th century and then it's sort of its revival in sort of the mid 20th century. Then talks about, so like the next chapter is called The Body as Camera, The Rumors Camera Obscura. So how like you can make, basically how you can make anything into like an obscure or a pinhole camera. Right. The the basics of how to make a cam a camera, so like the, the real basics, like what you need to make it, how to make a pinhole, painting the inside of it black to cut down like your light bouncing around. Then what it deems to be like advanced how to a pinhole. So it gives you like building plans for like a four by five camera, um geometries, flat planes, curved planes, angled planes, like advanced sort of stuff. Right. Moving on to alternate, what he calls alternative apertures, so like your, your zone plates and your slit imaging, things like that. Digital mm. pinholes, zone plates, and then theory. And then the bit that I find really interesting, not that I find the rest of it, at the back of it, it's got like a full like 10 pages of what it just calls resources. And it covers things like workshops, websites, books, people that are currently... Um, practicing in sort of pinhole photography, it's got a full page of probably eighty, maybe different people. That wow. their, web, their websites, um, a full probably fifty, like what they call other pinhole websites. So like um, like Justin Quinnell's uh, like pinhole resource, mm-hmm. um, a whole whole bunch of dis- different resources, and then. I mean, websites devoted to pinhole photographers from individual countries, recently published books, recently published monographs. I'm talking pages of these things. Recently self-published books and museum or gallery catalogs. Everything that you could think that you might need, that you might want to read to research into the any sort of aspect of the subject of pinhole photography. Is there? Is there. Wow. Literally. And a lot of it's in full colour. Where, where where it needs to be. I know I'm looking at the fourth edition, which I think is the most recent edition. Um, I own, I think it's the second edition. Uh, that was quite an early one, and a lot of the stuff is in black and white. Like, uh, even though the colour images were reproduced in black and white, but in this new one, they're, they're in sort of full colour where they need to be. And from what I understand, each new edition of this book was, you know, like when you see like books, and it's got oh, the new edition, and it might have like one, one or two extra paragraphs in each chapter, maybe. Right. It, from what I understand, this has got whole new chapters in it, and the sections of the original chapters were massively added upon. You know. Wow, that's so, cool. I mean, I <clears throat> excuse me, I own. I think it's the second edition, but the fourth edition I've got in my hand here seems to be on sort of permanent loan to me from my university library. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'd ever do if someone wanted it. Someone else wanted it. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. I, I know. I actually um, have to buy it. My, um, when I was in college, I had to take a bunch of art history classes and art history survey one and all these things. And yeah. my teacher uh, is going to be coming on and he's going to give us an in-depth history of pinhole photography. Excellent. That'd be brilliant. Starting all the way from... Yeah, camera obscura and, and, and before then with 
um, from through the whole timeline. You know, he's going to come and like give us a good breakdown of it. Oh, so that'll be amazing. Yeah. So, he, so did you did you do photography at, at college then? I did. Yeah, I did. So that's, that's where for you it sort of stems from, was it? Um. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I've I've always had a camera, um, taking pictures. You know, and yeah. I took a. I was living in a town a couple hours away, and I took a little. I took a photography course when I was about twenty, I guess. Yeah, and I loved it. Uh, so that was what about about two or three years ago, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and and in a few in a few circumstances, uh, led me to be back here, needing to stay with my mom. I got in a car wreck and. Right, my back had got messed up, but uh, in the town that I was living in, they have they have a uh, a degree. Uh, so I went through and did it. Okay, and it was two years of all kinds of art history and portfolio classes, and you know critiques and uh, you know and commercial classes, and yeah, uh, it was really good. I really yeah. liked it. So, but no, he's going to come cool. on and he's going to come on and give us a a breakdown of. That would be really cool. The the timeline. So, yeah. He just got back from... Uh, his name's Patrick. Patrick Kiev. He just got yeah. back from um, Ireland. He did... Uh, there's a hike around Ireland. Right. I can't remember what he called it. Uh, but he hiked halfway, and then there was like an artist retreat, and he stayed there for a week, uh, did a bunch of riding, uh, right. and then hiked the rest of the way out. So, yeah. Oh, okay. He'll be here soon. Making yeah. pinhole images as he went, presumably. Uh, actually, it's kind of kind of ironic because about a week or two before he left, um, he he sent me messages like, "Hey, I need to get some film." Or this is actually about a week before he left, hmm. and he's like, "I don't know where to get any film. I want to try and shoot my my Holga, <laughs> right. my Holga with me." And I was like, "Okay," and, and and but he's like, he couldn't get any in time, you know. So I I gave him a handful of rolls of film, uh, and I loaned him a um, Olympus the MU MU one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not, not the second, one, but the first one was the, the three point five. Yeah, and I gave yeah. him a bunch of rolls of. Uh... Offloaded some of your thirty-five millimeter, did you? Yeah, yeah. I gave him some of that. You know that craze that was going on with the Walmart. Oh yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Did, we, did, we went, didn't have that here. Yeah, I went and bought some of them. I mean, it was so cheap, and ours was actually cheaper than that. It was like they just marked it down. I guess it's such a slow mover where I moved it. They had marked it down to like five bucks, so I got four packs of film for like five bucks. You know. That was five bucks for a four pack. Yeah, wow. it, it was seven dollars elsewhere. Like like Mike Gutterman and those guys are saying it was like seven dollars, but which is still think, pretty, still pretty damn good. Yeah, but you know that's why I grabbed. Uh, I think I just spent like twenty bucks and got, I got four four packs. So I got sixteen rolls of film for twenty bucks. You know, but anyways, wow. I sent him away with something, uh, and he was like, oh, I really kind of want to get back into doing film because he was seeing the pinhole stuff I was doing, and mm-hmm. he has a di- he has a Diana. Yeah, that can convert. I guess you can do pinhole or whatever, you know. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna develop that stuff for him when he for him when he gets back. And uh, oh, good. Yeah, that's cool. But, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Those those new ones are quite nice cameras, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have two actually. I'm gonna be putting up on the chopping block as soon as he gets back with the other one if he doesn't buy it from me. But mm. I don't use them; they're just sitting around, you know. No, I don't. Um, I've got a a new one. And a couple of Mew twos and a Mew three, and yeah, the, the Mew one doesn't really get a look in anymore. But it was a nice camera, nice camera when I used it. It's just now in the collection. Yeah, I got some really good kit pictures of my kids with it. Uh, yeah, using using Acros, you know. Mm. But, that's that's the thing, isn't it? It's a great 
all of those little, mm-hmm. little like clamshell ones. They're ideal for just like a little pocket. Put it in your pocket. In the car, shoot the family kind of thing with it. My only thing I hate about it is I just absolutely despise developing and scanning 35 millimeter. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? I know like what you I, mean. I shoot it and the, and, they, and the rolls just kind of pile up. You know, I'm just, yeah. I just don't want to do this. And all of a sudden I have like a whole bunch of it. I'm like, ah, oh, it's going to take me so long to scan this stuff. Yeah. You know? And, I know. Yeah. I, I was shooting shooting a lot of 35 mil until up until Andrew lent me his his reality and then i was <laughs> we won't go on to that and then uh until then and i started uh shooting shooting obviously some medium format for it right and just then sort of the, the realization that oh, this is so much quicker and easier and nicer because i was only scanning 12 is it 12 frames you know 12 frames from the six yeah six, instead of 36 or or whatever it was <sighs> It's a lot. Uh, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. So you just uh, you mentioned you were you were shooting. So you were going to put some Acros in your little paper camera. Is that right? Did you say mm-hmm. that? Yeah, that's how, what I'm going to do. How do you how do you feel now that now that Acros Acros how you pronounce it has been discontinued? How do you feel about using it in a camera that you don't know? that you don't necessarily know what you're going to get or if it's going to be reliable. Are you sort of reluctant to, I don't want to use the term waste, but reluctant to use that film in it, not knowing what you're going to get? Or are you happy just to, it's there, I'm going to use it? It's there, I'm going to use it. Yeah. You know, I mean, this little, this little thing, follow the directions, use light tight tape, you know? I mean, it's <clears> one-to-one square. So, I mean, it's going to be basically what we'll be getting with anything else. It's just going to be on 35 millimeter, you know? Sure. Because yeah. I up until up until Andrew lent me the reality, I'd never I'd never shot Acros. I've heard a lot about it, obviously, right. because it's it's famous lack of reciprocity yep. failure. Yep. And I'd I just thought, oh, yeah, I'll use it one day. I'll use it one day. And then they discontinued it, and I was like, okay, I'm never <laughs> gonna I'm never gonna use it. That's fine. <laughs> and then Andre was talking on was it negative positive about never using it and try, oh, that was, he was talking about trying to find a, a, a nice alternative because it was going away. And it was about that time that in the UK, have you heard, do you, have you heard um, this, of the store Analog Wonderland? That's of just, course. That's just opened up. Yeah. Yep. So they, they just opened up and they had this, they had their sort of grand opening. It was one Friday morning and he went on there and there were some special offers and I went on there with the plan to buy some black and white 30, uh, not 30, uh, black and white 120 to use in Andrew's camera. And I planned to get FP4, maybe some HP5 or some Pan F50. And I went on the site and stupidly enough, I typed in Acros <laughs> and what popped up, but the pro packs, the five packs of 120 and they wanted 10, I think it was ten pounds for these five packs. Where at Analog Wonderland? At Analog Wonderland. Wow. Is it ten or was it? Tw- I don't think it was twenty. It was ten or fifty. It was a ridiculous price, like absolutely ridiculous price. So I had I bought a couple of packs there and then, and that's what I've been using, and that was my first experience of that cross, mm-hmm. and I've loved it. It's I mean, yeah. it, it, it suffers from reciprocity failure after a couple of minutes, but mm-hmm. that's acceptable. Yeah, 
and it's just it's one of the few films where I've scanned it, and aside from touching up a little bit of dust or what have you, I've done very little to the to the actual image. Yeah. Lots of other films I've used, FP4, HP5, I've adjusted the contrast a little bit. Sure. I've used Pan F, and Pan F is a really contrasty film, I've found. So, mm-hmm. I've, so I've sort of limited that a little bit. But Acros comes out of the scanner, and it's... Ready to go. It's ready to go. Yeah. I've been... Uh... And now I'm really gutted that you can't really buy them anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, like, when it, when it, when it first happened, um, if you listen to lots of shows... People are saying, "Oh, you know, I don't care if it's gone or not." You know, blah blah blah. I, I, I never really shot with it. You know, blah blah mm. blah. But a lot of people have been shooting it with it for a long time. I have been shooting with it pretty much, basically exclusively for doing my pinhole stuff for probably, I don't know, six years. Yeah, seven years. Uh, and time. so the thing I liked about it was that, you know, like I could get a consistent flow of a look to what I was doing. Sure. And that's, what, um, that, that's the, yeah. the wall I've now run into because yeah. I've found this, con- this, um, this look and I like it. And yeah. I now know that if I want that, I'm going to have to pay through the nose for it. And I'm not, I'm not willing to do that. Yeah. I wouldn't either. But, I mean, it's, um, as far as, you know, being reciprocity free, I guess it was probably the last one, basically. I mean, there's really, you know, nothing else. I don't think there's anything else that, no. Not that I've come across. I mean, have you D- used Pan F? I have used. I haven't used a lot of Pan F, but I have used it. But the Honestly. film that I like even better than that is uh, the Ilford Delta One Hundred. I've not used that for pinhole. It's That's a nice. The, it's a nice film yeah. I found when I mm. shot it normally, but I've never used it for pinhole. I don't think. The uh, that picture I put up of the fireworks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the picture of the, the <laughs> at the beach with the uh, with the grass with the grass waving, yeah. Was that's, that Delta? That's Delta. And okay. the picture with the grass, I did I was holding that in my hand. And really? I just I just leveled the bubble up and you know, made and just made took a picture and then put my finger back over again. Was that in so, a, what what camera was that in? Reality so subtle, the six by six. Six six. Right. Yeah. Not the F, just a regular. Just a regular, just a regular one. one, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Right. D- Delta um, is uh one of the things I really liked about the the A cross was when you got done developing it. It have a it would have a purple tint to it, yeah, and you could rinse it, uh, and when it got done rinsing, it rinsed completely clean. It was just that that kind of like steel gray, you know, like nice middle middle gray tone. Yeah, base. It's a, it's a beautiful film, isn't it? Yeah, it just it was great. So I I, I, I have a lot in my freezer. <laughs> I get. <laughs> I I ruined uh, a roll uh, last week or the week before, and I was I was really gutted. I'd shot these these pictures. I've since reshot them, and they were they come out really well. But I I I made this mistake. If you I was in I was in a rush. I think I'd been in the darkroom when I was printing, and I realised that I still had to develop this roll of film. So I sort of went back. I'm tired. I sort of mixed up my chemicals, and I didn't mix up enough. Chemical. Uh, so I think in my tank it wanted 500 mil from memory yeah. for, a, for a 120, mm-hmm. and I mixed 300. So I got Oof. like two thirds <laughs> of a developed picture, you know? Yikes. That's a drag. That was, and I've done it before, and it was just because I was tired. And when I'd done it before, I think it was, I think I'd done it with a roll of SFX, 
And I didn't really care because it was just like, oh, it doesn't matter. But doing it with Acros, that hurt. Yeah, a bit. <laughs> yeah. I guess I, I have it. like four rolls of it left. And, yeah. Sorry, can I? No, no, I was going to say that um, I like I like all of Ilford's film. Uh, you just have to figure out which one works best for what you're doing, you know? Sure. Um, like in Holga's and, and the, the LCA I have, um, I like the FP4 and the HP5s. I don't like any of those uh doing pinhole they're just too there's just mm. too much contrast for me it's not it just doesn't i don't like it some people like it you know so you know of course you know gotta figure out what you like and yeah i've shot find something um, there's a project on that i shot on my that's on my website um and that was shot uh, entirely on medium format fp4 and right. I, I didn't find that contrast at all in fact i think i ended up adding contrast to yeah. those to those shots the the pan f is the contrasty one in my experience yeah like like ridiculously contrasty to the point where i didn't i didn't like it i think um i think the only thing i didn't like about the fp4 for pinhole was it has a little bit suffers a little bit more than the delta does from reciprocity right okay maybe that was the only reason um the again the pan f the the failure rate on that was astronomical yeah 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 it was yeah i agree which is fine if you've got the time to yeah make, sure. make a make a 20 minute shot that should be a <laughs> two minute shot <but> yeah <laughs> sometimes you don't have that time you know yeah and I, and you know and i to tell you the honest truth i when i was before they you know got rid of uh you know sort of stopped doing the across i never even i didn't even check it no i just shot 10, 15 minutes. I never, I never uh, adjusted for it, for it ever with it. Um, that's so I guess that's the, that's what makes I'm the most upset about is I have to start doing math now. You know? <laughs> well, <laughs> you don't. You, have you got, um, you've got the pinhole assist app, have you not? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. What do you use that? I do. I try to kind of, <clears throat> what I've been doing with it here lately is I kind of have been going through the, uh, the ine- inevitable scenario of something happening to my phone. What am I going to do if I, you know, if I didn't uh, have it or whatever. So yeah. I've been kind of trying to work through what I think the exposure would be. You haven't been trying to sunny 16 and work it out from there. Have you? Um, kind of, nah, not really. I mean, I, I've just, I just kind of, I've, I've shot with these, some of these films so much now, and I've been checking them with the opinion assist app. I can kind of, you know, just about figure out just in my yeah. head from using it before, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I kind of just guess and kind of count down, you know, whatever, and come up with a number, then I'll check it and see how close was I. Oh, yeah, okay, you know? Yeah. Close enough. Yeah, that makes but, sense. Yeah. Um, but, I yeah, I mean, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that. My phone's always on me. Pin on the sister's on it. Yeah, mine It hadn't occurred too, to me yeah. what would happen if it wasn't there. Well, you know, I mean, like, I, I've kind of gotten to the point with it now that if – I'm taking pictures between sun up and sundown and it's sunny. I mean, yeah. it's, it's as fast as you can make an exposure with open and closing, open and closing your shutter. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, unless, unless, unless you're, you're inside. Do what? Unless you're using a filter. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Totally. I mean, that, that makes up a whole other situation, but just mm-hmm. walking around with it and just <clears> taking <throat> pictures anywhere randomly, you know what I mean? If it's, if the sun's shining and there's sun in your picture, I mean, it's as fast as you can open and close your, do make your exposure as been all right you know so but well that's true that's true actually there's a couple of images i've made recently in that same way using like uh, the you know the pinch method yeah 
where I've sort of opened and closed it so quickly that my hand has still been in the in the image mm-hmm. when, I, when I developed it. Yeah. And you know, you know the what I found the best way to do that is if you're using like a reality camera. Yeah. If you if you come across over the top and pinch it and open, yeah. go ahead and open the shutter and keep your finger on it. If you if you just roll your hand back and bring your finger over the top of the camera, then go back. Yeah. It gets it out. If you oh, if you, you do ch- it that way, do you? yeah. yeah so if, I think I was trying to do it the other from the way side. from the side. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's too it's too <clears> long <throat> of a distance for you if you come sense. over the top uh, and just do it. You know. Yeah, that makes sense. That's what I do. Maybe I'll try that. I'll let you. I get credit though, <laughs> if it works out. Yeah. All right. <laughs> no credit goes to Andrew though. Well, obviously. I mean, what's 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 he done? <laughs> Besides, beg no, for no, his no, cameras no. back. No, 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 no. yeah. <laughs> he's got he's got one on back. He's I got sent, one of them. I sent back, I sent back his zero. His zero yeah, he was, the other day. I saw he was taking pictures of uh, flip flops and rocks. Yeah, he was. I think he was. <laughs> He's, he tagged me on something um, because I've been obviously doing these pictures recently where I've been sort of clamping the cameras to things. I yeah, think yeah. He, he was he was sort of trying to trying to do that, wasn't he, with his little with a zero on a tripod on a canoe, mm-hmm. which looks rather precarious. Did you? It not does. Think? Yeah. He's he's going to end up with a wet zero, isn't he? Wet zero is always <laughs> bad. <isn't it? laughs> At least I have the sense to clamp. Yeah, to clamp things on. How did you? How did you get your uh, cameras to stick to your tennis racket? Ah, well, that's, that's a, a trade secret. No, no, it's don't blame no, it's not a secret. It's just um, so I have two two methods depending on what I'm what I'm sort of attaching them to. I the first method is I used to do a lot of uh, like car photography, like automotive photography. So I have really high powered suction cup. That you that you'd use to stick onto to body panels, right? So I've used that before for like the ones where I'm driving, and the ones where the cars are moving. That's what I use for those. And cool. you know, I don't know how to explain it. In in the UK here, we have a, a, a television program called Grand Designs, and it's about like house renovating. There's a, a guy and they renovate houses and stuff. And you see quite frequently when they're renovating houses, they lift these massive sheets of glass on these suction cups. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, so, I know jump up. Yeah, so that's the exact suction cup that I have. It's designed for moving big old sheets of glass. I think they can, man, they can hold a lot, can't they? Like they can. They can hold a, hundreds of pounds. Yeah, yeah. So they can certainly hold a, a camera. Mm-hmm. But I think Manfrotto actually make a suction cup for this, but it's exactly the same as these sort of cheaper glass moving ones. Anyway, gotcha. And the thread on those is the same size thread as, you know, when you remove like your, your ball head off your tripod, if you've got one of those, yeah. you can then screw the, the head of your tripod directly to that suction cup. Ah, uh, yeah. So it's, so it's a little bit bigger than quarter 20. Yeah. Like you I would use for yeah, the bottom of your camera. That's right. It's the size that's bigger than that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's one way that I do it. And the other way is like for the ones, uh, like the, the, the racket and the other things like that, I have, again, it's a Manfrotto uh, clamp, but it's just a, like a jaw. I suppose that you tie mm-hmm. it up and it closes and on that you have um it's got various little threaded holes in it that you can screw in like the male versions of uh, that that same the same thread that's on like your your tripod head um so you can screw those in or you can screw in like adapters to 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 screw in other things so basically 
you can then attach that same head or various arms to that clamp, you know? Right. Yeah. So the theory cool. is you can then clamp it to whatever you want and the camera will stay static in relation to the thing that you're photographing. That's cool. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. That picture yeah. of the, the racket looks awesome. Thanks. So that's, yeah. Oh, the, that's, the, that's cool. <laughs> so, the, yeah, the, the camera is then clamped to the top of the racket and is looking down towards the handle with me holding it, you know? Sweet. Yeah. It worked out perfect. <laughs> yeah, it worked out pretty well. <laughs> and yeah, the same with the one, you know, did you see the one with the washing line? Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. what I, yeah, that was that was the other one I was thinking about. Yeah, so that's exactly the same thing. It's just clamped on, sort of looking down the, the line while the washing line's bang around. Brilliant. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, let's, uh, well, I guess we can probably wrap this up. We're getting kind of long in time, but do you have any, mm -hmm. uh, anybody that you want to do any shout outs to? Yeah. Um, oh, I'd forgotten about that. Kind of I got a few. If you, if we could just do these if you want. Yeah, there's a couple. Um, I don't. I'm just going to have to give Instagram handles because I can't remember these guys. Names, That's all right. But they're they're recent ones. So uh, the first one is at Pan Pinhole, all one word. Uh, the second one being at Pinhole dot box. So both of these both of these people are sort of, uh, doing sort of nice pinhole work at the moment that i've sold i think i've recently started following both of them um, i think I, I follow pan pinhole it seems like yeah yeah i think i do yeah yeah no i give, cool. I give both of those people both yeah. of those accounts a, a hit up and i'm going to suggest everybody check out uh on instagram a guy named Stephen dempsey uh and his handle is at Stephen xt1 uh and he does uh some digital oh, pinhole yeah. stuff yeah, uh, and, even, yeah. yeah, I really like all, I really like the stuff he's doing. It's it looks really good. It's not uh it's a little different. Um than... he, he's the guy who is through whatever sort of process he's doing, it looks like the sort of wet plate collodion mm -hmm. style aesthetic, doesn't it? Yeah, it kinda has those imperfections in there and Yeah. Um, no, those are really cool. Yeah, I like Yeah, that. yeah. I like him. And the the other person that I'm gonna shout out to is uh Nicole Small, I think Small is her last name, uh, but she is one-on-one -on -one art portraits, uh, and she is in Vancouver in British Columbia, I believe. How do you uh, spell? She, how do you spell that one? Um, one, O N E, O N, right. O N E, A R T, portraits. Okay, I'll check that yeah. one out. And she does lots of uh, pinhole portraits and a bunch of different series. And I've talked to her uh, and invited her on. Uh, so okay. she says that she will, she's willing to come talk to us. So, uh, yeah, so hopefully we should get her, we can get her on. Sweet. And have you met, um, if I say her name wrong, correct me, Jaina. Jaina, is it Jaina or John? Jaina? Obscura. Uh, yes. I think so. Jaina? Jaina, I'm just like, Jaina underscore, underscore Obscura. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to be on next week's show. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Cool. So if I said, if I said your name wrong, Jaina, <laughs> I'm sorry. I think, I think it's Jaina. I think it's Jaina. Yeah. I don't think it's John. 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 <laughs> Jaina. She, she, she can correct us. Yeah. She, she'll correct us. But she's going to come talk next week. So, uh, cool. yeah, we'll, she'll be back. So, yeah. So hopefully in the future, everybody, we will. Here, Mr. Piper with us again. Uh, maybe he'll come back and uh, when Andrew needs a break because he, <laughs> he gets tired. So, <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. I'd really, I'd like that. Yeah. yeah. 
So, Neil, where can everybody find you at? Uh, I'm mainly on, I mainly hang out on Instagram. Um, I'm at Neil underscore Piper. That's N-E-I-L underscore P-I-P-E-R. Um, I am on all the other socials as well, but to be honest, I don't really hang out there. They just kind of get ported straight through from Instagram. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty much the same stuff. I've also got a website, which is neilpiper.com. It's got some of my um, pinhole work, some of my lens-based projects as well on there. So you can awesome. look at that if you like. Cool. Yeah, so go, go check out Neil. Uh, I really like the blog and the dead horse. <laughs> <laughs> that's been a bit neglected recently yeah yeah i have got pl- i've got more plans for that Good. i just need to find the time to, to yeah. write some more stuff awesome and you can find me on uh instagram at pinhole cannon and also the lensless podcast on instagram uh we're on facebook at uh the lensless facebook group um twitter andrew takes care of twitter though at, on twitter twitter it's just the lensless uh, we have a Flickr group, and you can get a hold of us at uh, the Lenses Podcast at yahoo.com if you want to send us an email. So that's it. Cool. Thanks so much for coming, Neil. Um, we hope. My uh, pleasure. Thanks for having me. Andrew's nuts doesn't have a wet bum in his canoe. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a wet zero floating around. <laughs> oh, and, I, wonder, I, wonder if his yeah. ears, I wonder if his ears are burning right now. I don't know. We'll find out. I'm sure. Don't worry. <laughs> let, let us know, Andrew. Yeah, let us know, Andrew. <laughs> All right. So everybody have a great, uh, great weekend and a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Cool. Bye. Bye.